Mic check. Um, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, this is a big episode. <clears throat> this is a big episode today. Um, we we we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna dive into a lot. We're gonna dive into a lot today. We're gonna get into a lot today. Uh, I got a guest coming on today. Um, we're gonna talk about some of these issues. Um, I do have a lot on the docket to get to. I have a lot on the docket to get to, and I'm gonna address this one thing because it's it's related to what's going on in the world in the in this country right now. It's related. Um, first, let's do a moment of silence for uh, George Floyd. Let's do a moment of silence for George Floyd and all those other victims that have been uh, killed by police brutality. Okay, so um, as a black man, uh, obviously, obviously, I mean, and not even just race-wise, but if you're just a human, if you're just an actual human, looking at that video of George Floyd uh, being being in a in a in the position that he was in, that police officer had his knee on his neck for about nine to ten minutes and killed George Floyd that way, that should be disheartening. That should be disheartening. Um, And I can come on here and I can give you guys my opinion. I think you guys already know, as a black man, what my opinion is. Um, I could tell you. Uh, if because if because I know this this podcast is this listenership uh, my listenership is widely diverse, but if you do not know what is like what being a black man entails on a daily basis, uh, I can just start with what my parents tell me or told me, but they still do. These are still relevant teachings. Uh, often black parents that have black children in some form or fashion have to tell them about when we step out into the world um, there's a target there's definitely a target and there's definitely a fear and that leads to police brutality that leads to police killing our people and our parents my parents I'm sure every I'm sure just about most black men, most black female males can attest to this. Your parents tell you certain things when you're out in public, when you're by yourself, as you get older, how to approach a cop, how to, with like your attitude towards police, the police. And I appreciate, I've I seen a lot of these brands, I've seen a lot of these big-time brands, um, any brand you can think about, like clothing brand, sports team, any brand you can think about, they, they came out, most of them came out and gave their statement on, you know, on what's going on in the country right now. But in, besides systematic racism, which is a problem, obviously, but I think... The bigger problems that the brands that in some of these and most of these statements that they didn't uh, approach or mention was 
first police brutality, which is the actual problem, which is which is the cause, which is the root of this problem in white people. I mean, it's as simple as that. Uh, and I'm going to have, like I said, you guys know my opinion on this, but I'm going to have a guest come on, come on here, a white friend of mine, a white counterpart of mine. He's going to come on here and he's going to tell us what he thinks. Because you guys already know what I think. Um, and and back to my point about what these brand and statements made and what they what they came out with, what they you know what they what they were saying in these statements. Yes, systemic racism is a problem in this country, obviously. But we gotta. They didn't attack, most most of these statements didn't attack police brutality, and most of these statements did not come out and mention and say, "Hey, you know what's the problem? White people's attitude." Some. I mean, and it's not. It's, obviously, it's not. Oh, it's not. Every single white person, but it's white people's attitude that they have taken on for years, and it must change. And in order for it, and, and you know, you know, because we we're always we want to promote change, we want to promote change, we want to promote change. But those who are affected obviously want change. The black people want change. Black people, black America, black America obviously wants change. We've been screaming for change for years. We've been dreaming for change for years, but it's the people that's unaffected. They have to be as vocal. They have to be as passionate about this topic and this situation and this crime as vocal as we are. And this is why we need we we need we need we need white America to step up. Okay, that's all. We need white America to step up. As simple as that. We need them to step up, and that's why I'm going to have my guest come on. I'm going to have my guest come on. I have my guest on right now. Yo. Joe. So, what, uh, Joe, this is Isaiah from the Isaiah Kid Podcast. How you doing? I'm good, bro. How are you? Good. So, so Joe, 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 this is Joe, by the way. Uh, uh, this is my guest that I have, that I have coming on today. Um... He we uh, we made him go way from back. Way back yeah, from way back when. Way back, uh, sixth grade. Six, six and seventh. Yeah, sixth and seventh grade. So we went to the same middle school, and I will let Joe tell you what he does. Um, I think what he does is really cool. He's a content creator as well. Um, yeah, he he moves in 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 big time circles. I let Joe t- I let Joe explain what he does. So yeah, basically, um, I'm a photographer and videographer. Um, I started shooting a lot of like travel photos and photos for brands and all that. And then um, I got into the music scene, taking photos for a bunch of artists recently, about like two years ago. And since then, I've been on tour, shooting music videos, traveling back and forth all around the U.S. working. And um, yeah, you are enough. It's about that. <laughs> so, I, so I know you were down, like, and it's been really, it's been really difficult to get in contact. But I know mm-hmm. you, you've been down near the protests downtown DC. Um, and can you just give us, like, what, what, like, what's the scene down there? What is the scene that you're getting? So it's, it's actually so during the daytime, which I've been twice now. It's very peaceful. It was the first day. It was. Um, 
it was led really well. There was a couple guys with um with the uh, what do you call those things that you speak out of that are loud? Uh, telecom, like blow, like the blow horns or something. I don't yeah, know, like yeah. the loud speaker thing, whatever. So uh, yeah, um, but everyone came together and there was a lot of good chance, you know. Um, everybody was walking together, being respectful and sh- and all that, but you know, still fuck twelve. But um, and the cops. So then it got to nighttime, and that's kind of when it got wild. Um, mm. So yeah, the cops kind of started uh, going crazy. They were spraying the uh, tear gas because people were just you know. I don't know. They just, they weren't happy with people getting up close, showing their emotion. Mm. Uh, they clearly aren't too much with the movement because I don't know. Yeah. They, so yeah, they were spraying tear gas and all that. Um, at one point they started rushing forward, trampling some people and everybody had to just run quickly out of there. So yeah, it's kind of, it got hectic at night. And then once that, all that started happening, that's when like, you know, all the looting and all that shit was going on. Um, right. And yeah. And and then the next day, uh, it was also another peaceful protest, um, really moving, you know, powerful. And then um, the, the cops were like, I don't even know how to explain it. They started, um, they started rolling in like all these dudes from the army. There was like 500 dudes coming in to guard the fences, like Damn. unnecessary because like, the people in the crowd aren't armed and like they have military dudes with tanks and AK-47s like oh my god shit seems yeah so okay so that 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 basically describes what's happening and that's what I that's what I figured that's what that's what's not being televised all the looting and rioting is being televised instead of mm-hmm. the actual problem um and yeah. the, and the cost of it People are not focused on the right thing at the moment. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's about Black Lives Mattering, not about people looting because cops, the police brutality is just like... Right. So, how do you feel about the situation? You know, um, I feel like, well, one, all the racist piece of shit cops should, yeah, fuck them. Um, mm-hmm. sorry, I'm sorry. You good? Um, and I think Black Lives Matter, and I think that also anybody who are saying like all lives matter at this point are really stupid and closed-minded because they clearly aren't thinking in the big picture at the moment. It's not about how white people are at the moment because there's no, you know, what I'm saying like yeah. we gotta focus on making everything equal and just seeing all like i mean i you you know you see the racism like every single day you like there's Mm -hmm. so many people that um people don't expect to be racist that just have it in them and it's a shame and um i am i hate racist people (laughs) and uh yeah i love black people the black community i listen to you know black black artists every day every second <laughs> so um and i work with them you know the business that i'm in i'm around them all the time and they're my best friend and like my best friends in my neighborhood yeah right yeah. so yeah joe yeah you, you 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 really do like um 
I, I know where you're coming from. I know how you, which, where you stand in this uh, situation. Uh, I, I'm a I, so I'm a big fan. I'm definitely you already know. I'm a big fan of your work. Um, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the podcast. Thank you, <laughs> yeah. thank you. So um, we got we got to record a YouTube video or something and do some some more videos or something. I got you. Uh, so about the so I know your favorite basketball team was is the Wizards. Mm-hmm. Um and you know they've been making some headlines the last few the last the, the last week or so so speaking you know of, speaking of basketball yeah let me get hey wait wait did you try out in the sixth grade no nah. all right I was about to say because I was one of two people to make it <laughs> so, like, <laughs> out. so yeah I used to cook uh, Isaiah back in the day <laughs> so. Yeah. so you the Wizards, so you know Bradley Bill. He's been it's in not some. Not going anywhere. <laughs> he's been in some trade talks. React. How do you? How do? How, how do you feel? You so you 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 don't think he's going nowhere? Well, I think he is the most. I think he's one of the best players in the league. Mm-hmm. And I think once John Wall comes back and we got Brad on the team and we can pick up a center who's not some doo doo like John McHamey and. Carson Gortat and all the other centers that we've had. <laughs> yeah. Then, uh, and who, oh wait, we got Dwight Howard and he couldn't do shit either. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, we need a good, solid big man. We need Kelly Oubre back. <laughs> um, yeah, nah, but John and Bia, once they're back together, it's over. Yeah, and they so they made the playoffs too with this 22-team format. How do you feel about their chances? <laughs> Wait, they made the playoffs. Yeah, they got a um. So the NBA, they're doing a twenty-two game, a twenty-two team what? format, and the Wizards made it. Who are we playing? Uh, you guys got to play like eight regular season games, and then like there's a play-in game for the eighth seed. Uh, and the Wizards could possibly make it. <laughs> All right, shit. Uh, I don't, I don't think our chances are too high, but I'm, <laughs> I'm rooting for us. Yeah, right on. Um, so Joe, so. I, you know, I don't want to hold you too long because I know they're they're protesting no today, and I know you're you're gonna be down there at the scene, uh, yes, doing what sir. you do. Yeah, so I think today, um, mm-hmm. the, there's a protest. That's, there's a like walking down from, I think Friendship Heights to the cathedral. So it's actually kind of near my house. So right, uh, I should be there later today. Okay, so. I'm gonna. Um, I, 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 don't, I just want to ask you a few more questions, a couple more yeah. questions, and that's it. Um, so, as a content creator, uh, I, you know, we. I, I've been putting. I've been. This podcast. This is my first podcast since the George Floyd killing, um, and everybody has been speaking out. So this has kind of been a little strange because this is bigger than sports. And this is bigger than like any content that I have been dropping. Definitely. Um, so that's why I've been kind of holding off on like posting stuff. Well, no, I mean I've been posting all the protests, right? So that's why. Like, so I'm just trying to spread awareness at the moment and not like focus on my stuff at this you know time. Right, and I'm I was gonna work, ask you. I'm still working behind the scenes, of mm-hmm. course. But yeah, yeah, and that's what I was gonna ask. You. I was like, as a content creator, you you know you push content out. Mm-hmm. I know your work ethic is is really high, and you you're really driven and focused on what you do. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you how, like, how have you scaled back from work, or have you scaled back from work? And you just said, "Hey, 
You're focusing sure, you, on the movement. Are you talking about during like everything that's been happening, like the coronavirus? And yeah. The, and the, um, okay. So uh, right now I'm doing a bunch of different things. So during the coronavirus, I was working on uh, getting all these photos together that I've taken to put onto my site to um, for my print shop. Mm-hmm. So I've been se- I've been selling a bunch of prints. So that's how I've been making some money recently. And then uh, I've also been locking in some stuff with some managers out in L.A., like some artist managers, like talking about shooting videos. Yeah. Um, during the coronavirus, we had we had the mask on, but I was doing some stuff with Shy Glizzy, so uh, we've been working a bit, and we're going to keep continue to work. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also working on a couple books, some photo books, so one, uh, like, landscape, landscape, like, travel-type book. Yeah. And then one... Um, one artist and like you know all that type of book like people and yeah okay yeah so that sounds good and I, and, and as, as as i expected you've been you've been continued on to push content and create content as expected i've been doing the same even with no sports it's been kind of hard uh I, know, I miss sports i saw this this video of like uh uh-huh. this remote control NASCAR thing and they were like sports are back on Instagram and I was like nah that is <laughs> sports are definitely not back yet I don't know what that is right so that basketball that hockey the- yeah and we know you know basketball hockey has came up with its play playoff format NBA has yep. came up with its play with its new playoff format now so you know it seems like sports uh in the next month or so We'll be back into the group, or I'll be back into the group of things. Um, <laughs> with yeah, with, I mean, at least at least when like they start talking about when stuff is going to come back, you know, everything right. will start picking up again. Sports Center will start talking about normal stuff. Right. So, um, one last question, Joe. Uh, mm-hmm. Before I let you go, because uh, like I said, I know you're busy. So, Joe, uh, what would be the message? To your like, what would be the message to your fellow, um, your fellow, your community, your the white community? What would be your message? Because this this podcast is obviously diverse, but you know where you know my background. You know, um, you you went to school with me. Mm-hmm. What would you tell, or what would you like to say to your fellow white community? Um, uh, you know, as far as this whole situation, okay, and more. Yeah, yeah. so. I have a couple of different uh, things. So one is to the rich white people I know, which there are a couple. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe that they should be the ones that instead of buying a third boat for like another yacht at their beach house, that they should probably donate some money and um, yeah, just giving back, just, you know, uh, contribute to all the um, companies that are, focusing on bettering police ending racism you know any of that type of stuff um i think that people like me and um should be spreading awareness on social media if they have a platform that they can talk about it Mm -hmm. and um so yeah that's what i've been trying to do i've been trying to go out and get uh images that are powerful and um people can really see what's going on through them uh and yeah, so I think just also and being there for you know our black uh, friends and um, all the people in the community, like my neighbor, uh, all my, my my friends in my neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Like right. Because this is a hard time for all you guys. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So just being there for you guys, 
that's why I also I'm at these protests too. Is for, right. You know, all the black people I love. So. Thank you. That that and that that means a lot. We need more people like that. Um, because you know the black people could talk. I can talk. I think people. I think. I think you know the listeners know where I stand on this. Uh, on this, uh, obviously, sure. with me being black, uh, obviously they. I think they know where I stand. But it, it means uh, something that more and more people are coming out from different backgrounds and the people that's not being affected and then the people that's realizing, like, hey, we need to change some things. So that's big. Thank you. Of course. Of course. So, um, I, yeah, I don't want to hold you long because uh, you, you have a job to do just like I do. So um, thank you, thank you for coming on. Uh, of course, you know we, you know I keep you in contact. Of course, uh, and we, you know I know you want me to do a couple things with your with your platform and your videos and your YouTube. So I definitely do that. I'm down for that definitely. Yeah, a hundred percent. So yeah, uh, to the audience, this is the last thing me and Isaiah are about to do. Uh huh. Um, you know Isaiah is a real one. That's why I came on this podcast this morning. And uh, yeah, so. Hope everybody has a good day. Appreciate you again for having me. And, yeah. No problem. Um, shout out your socials. All right. Um, you can follow me. You can find my stuff on Instagram. It's at Joe underscore Goldberg. J-O-E underscore gold, B-E-R-G, like an iceberg. Um, and my YouTube is Joe Goldberg. And I post a lot of YouTube videos. Um. So, yeah, make sure you subscribe to that. Then you can go to my website, see my prints and everything, and all the rest of my photos at www.joegoldberg.com. Thank you, Joe. And please tell them that you are um, you are not nowhere related to the Joe Goldberg um, nah, off the hit nah, show. <laughs> not related to this dude off of you. <laughs> three pages on Google when you look at my name. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> all right, Joe, thank you. All right, bro. So that 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 was big. Um, Joe is a good friend of mine. Like he said, he's nowhere related to that psychopath, that, uh, Joe Goldberg in the hit series um, show of you. That show you on Netflix. It's a good show, <laughs> and the main character that he's kind of crazy. He has the same no. He has the same name as Joe Goldberg. He hasn't. He has the same name as Joe. Um, but. Thank that, that you know, and, and I'm sure there's more people out. I'm sure there's more people like that 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 could echo the same you know the same stuff that Joe echoed. Um, just overall, a really good guy. He uh, he puts out really good content. Uh, if you're into photography, if you're, I mean, he practically like he's down with the culture. You know, he, he, he you heard him. He t- takes pictures. He films videos with the rappers. He works with rappers. All throughout the country, all throughout the world, Joe is really, um, he's special. I, I like, Joe's my guy. I like Joe. Joe, Joe, Joe is cool. Joe is cool, it's cool peoples. That, that's, that's why I brought him on. Um, it, and like I said, it means a lot. It's, it's the small things that mean a lot. Um, but definitely we'll have, we, I will probably bring Joe back on again, uh, to talk about the, his, talk about his sorry wizards and his, his, uh, you know, I know he loves the Capitals. I know he loves the Nationals. 
Uh, so yeah, you can check up, you can check him out, check his workout on YouTube, check his workout on his Instagram. He's really good at what he does. Of course, I back him, I support it, I like it, I'm a fan. Um, so we got, I got, I got a little bit more to get into. Um, we're gonna get into the NBA. We're gonna get into the NBA and their return. Um, just after this quick break, I just had to, you know, that that. That right there, I had to put. I had to put this section first. I had to put this segment first. I had to start the sec. I had to start the episode off with this, um, because this is bigger than sports. It's bigger than sports. Way much more bigger than sports. This is a, this is a thing that is way bigger than sports, and I had to and I had to include this into my segment. Um, it was just kind. Of, it's it's just kind of tough to come on here and just talk all sports. It's tough. It's tough to come on here and just try to talk about all sports, everything sports. I I, I just couldn't do it. I could I, I just couldn't do it. I had to I had to get I had to get I had to bring people on. Uh, I might bring more people on, more of my white friends and counterparts. Uh, I might bring I might bring them on, but um I, I you know it, it's just so hard, so hard as a black man um to come on here to come on this platform. And talk all sports, and and just narrowly talk all like just all sports. Couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. All you know, all the issues going on was happening today around the country, around the world. Quite frankly, just couldn't do it. I just just I just could not do it. Um, so NBA right after you know NBA after this quick break, guys. NBA. So the NBA. Finally has came out and, you know, it seems like things are becoming um, hopeful. They're, they're leaning towards, towards hopeful and likely, and we're going to have a season. But it's going to start in July. The NBA season is probably going to restart in July. And they're aiming for that last week of July. That's the week that they're coming back. That's the week that, they're aim- that they are coming back. The NBA is making its return. And before I even get into this, let me just say this. I like the NBA. For I love the NBA. Um, I, I I I I absolutely love the NBA, and I love the star. I, I you know the stars. Like I always say, it, the NBA stars, they we gravitate to them much more. I think I think just about any other you know any other star, any other athlete. I think we gravitate to the NBA star. We pay more attention to the NBA star. Than any other sport, any other star, in any other sport, because we buy their sneakers, we 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 emotionally invested into them, we are financially invested into them, we see them on our TV screens and commercials. So the last day of July, July the thirty first, the NBA is expect to expected to resume the season July thirty first in Orlando with a twenty two team format. Now, first, I want to address a couple things before I get to my prime premise. First, at, there's some there's some there's some GMs and some and some uh, executives of certain teams, small markets, that worry about small markets. And this has been my thing with the NBA. And this is another point that I want to make: small markets in the NBA are not as bad as people try to. It's not they're not as bad. As people try to, or as the media, or as certain media members display it to be, you're, you're like, the, and 
I get it. You know, GMs and owners are worried about younger players' development because that was the reasonings why. Because, uh, you know, small market teams, there's a fear that small that other small market teams are being left out of the 22-game start or the 22-team uh, format. I'm sorry, the 22-team format. There's a fear that certain teams will get left off. And I tell you right now, I tell you right now, the six the six teams that have been included in this 22 team format are the Wizards, Blazers, Spurs, Suns, Kings, Pelicans. Those are the six teams that have been included. Now, outside of the Wizards, all of those other teams are in practically small markets. You know, uh, Portland, New Orleans, as far as basketball. Kings, th- th- those are those are relatively small markets, and the NBA. I, I I don't know why this is a problem with the small markets. Like, actually, if you look at small markets in the in the league, the small market teams win. The, the, the small market teams win. The Bucks, best best record in the NBA. Best, best you know, they're the best team in the Eastern Conference. Small market. The small markets get done. Get get it done. The Lakers, before LeBron joined the Lakers, the Lakers were a bombshell. The Clippers, for a, a for a mass part of their history, has been a bombshell. The Knicks, they're absolutely they're trash. The, the, the Knicks, the Knicks are trash. The Wizards can't get it right. The Hawks can't get it right in Atlanta. Indiana, the Indiana's well ran. They're 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 well run. Indiana, the Pacers, they consistently make the playoffs. Ticket sales is not an issue. The Thunder, Oklahoma City Thunder. Since Oklahoma, since the Thunder has moved, since the Seattle Supersonics went to OKC and turned into the Thunder, the Thunder has always been relevant. They have always been in playoff talks and the tough Western Conference. Look at the look at the Denver Nuggets and the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz are are well run. Ticket sales, never, never a problem. Because in these small market, you know, in these small market teams, the, the, the fans are invested. They are loyal. So there is, I, I don't understand the point of the fear of small market teams being left out. Memphis, they got a young star in John Moran. Zion and New in the Pelicans, they got a young star. I, I I mean, there's I mean Philadelphia just a few years ago was tanking. Just a few years ago, Philadelphia was tanking. The Cleveland Cavaliers won the title with LeBron. So when people say, "Oh, the small markets don't," no, 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 no. the small markets are going to be fine. The small markets are okay. The Spurs, they they you know they experienced a twenty year dynasty. They're fine. They're fine. But also, what I want to also talk about, the, the, the next point I want to discuss with the NBA is, um, UK, okay, I feel like the 22, I'm glad that the NBA is coming back. It, I, I've, been, I've been pushing for content, 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 content. I've been telling, I, I've been asking the NBA, we need more content, we need more content, we need more content. And I even, I, like the, couple, the last two weeks, I've mentioned, I said, hey, as these players are getting back into the shape, into shape, 
as these teams are getting their groove back, we should we should we, we should have cameras inside of training facilities while, while they're scrimmaging. We should have there should be some type of media access to to to, the, to those to those events to those scrimmages. Media access should be allowed because we need we're in need we're in desperate need for content. So I've been talking about this thing for for the last two weeks that the NBA needs to push content. They need to push content. But now with this twenty two game format, you prolong the situation like you're prolonging the season because now it's the NBA. They're not going right into the playoffs. They're playing eight regular season games, and then they're gonna so they're gonna finish out a little bit of the regular season. Then they're gonna go into their postseason, and their postseason is gonna stretch all the way. It could stretch all the way until October the twelfth. And I'm gonna tell you the problem with that. I'm gonna tell you the problem with that. But let me address this first with this twenty two game with this twenty two team format. You prolong the situation. You're bringing in six more teams down to Orlando. I mean, like, and some of these teams, like the Kings, not good. The Spurs, not good. The Suns, not good. The Wizards, not good. They don't play enough defense. The Blazers, they haven't won 30 games. I don't even, I, I don't understand. I, I, I do know why, because it's Zion. It's, it's, it's the Zion effect. Now, I am going to, I'm willing to be proven right. Because it turns out Zion's a, uh, he's a mega star already, and the NBA is trying its very hardest to they're trying their very hardest to include Zion into this 16 game format. But so you know, there's an actual play in game for the eighth spot, and the NBA, you know, like I said, they want they, they, they Zion star power. They want to put Zion in the playoffs. If 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 Zion if he doesn't like, say if the Pelicans lose to the Spurs, because between the Pelicans, Kings, Blazers, they all, all three teams have identical records. They have all, they all three of them have identical records. But let's say in that play-in game, the Spurs get the eighth spot. What, like, that would be a major disaster for, for I mean, for at least that round, because you, you that was, that was the main, that, that was the main intent. To adding 22 teams, adding 22 teams. That, the only reason why they're doing this is because of Zion. They want to. They they, they 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 first they want to. I guess be fair to all the other teams like your your your, Blair, your Blazers. And I don't know why. I, I, I've been arguing this point for uh, since since we went on since they went on this break since they paused the season. I've been arguing this point about. How the Blazers, Pelicans, I'm sorry. I mean, I know Zion's a big-time star, and I know Damian Leonard is a premium all-star in this league and one of the better point guards in this league, the elite point guard at that. But, I mean, their teams just aren't good enough. And the NBA doesn't need to sacrifice, um, set, like, what if San Antonio or Sacramento gets into their spot? The NBA don't need to take such a – they don't need to take such a risk where – there, where you know San Antonio or the Kings end up in the eighth spot, Zion's going to be a star regardless. I think. I mean, it's it's, it's panning out. He's he, he's a walking twenty four in, in in five. He's 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 panning out just fine. So you don't need. I I, I just feel like the NBA didn't need to add six more teams. They didn't need to add six more teams to this format. 
They could have went with. They could have stuck with their their one through sixteen reseeding going into the playoffs. They could have stuck with that. Maybe you play a couple scrimmages, but then you go into the playoffs. But you're adding you're adding six more teams. You're playing eight regular eight more regular season games. I mean, then you have a play in game, and then you got to finish the playoffs. Now let me get to my my ultimate main point with this. With this, with this date, with these dates that the NBA has put out. Because now, the NBA, you know, they, they announced that, hey, their Game 7, if there was a Game 7 in NBA Finals, it would stretch all the way to October 12th. And once again, I, I, I hate to be like the guy that says, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. But Charles Barkley came a couple months, well, a month and a half ago. He Charles Barkley, two months ago, came out and said, hey, the NBA needs to change their schedule. They need to change their schedule. I, I, I kid you not. He came out. You can you can you can find a video. Um, I don't. I didn't bring. I didn't pull up the video. But he came out and said, "Hey, the NFL. I mean, the NBA cannot compete with college football in the NFL. They can't. They won't be able to compete with college football in the NFL." And he and he said the same thing I said. He does not understand why they start the season. In, in in the middle of college football and the NFL, who? Why would you start the season in mid October? Why would you why, like? Why would you start if, the, if you're the NBA? Why start the season in October November? Start in December. That's what Charles Bar- just what Charles Barker said. Verbatim, paraphrase a little paraphrase, but just verbatim, basically what he said. He said start the game, start the season in October in, in December, December twenty fifth, Christmas. Started on Christmas Day, you have your five headline games with your, with your better, you know, usually those games consist of your better teams in the league, uh, the star players, the big-time star players, your LeBron, your Giannis, your Kawhi, your Steph, whatever. You start your season, Christmas Day, and then you end the season in July and August. You start you you started in, the, in December, you started in, and you ended in July and August because July and August – it's wide open. It's 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 usually wide open. No, you know, because August preseason football, nobody really watches preseason football. July, nothing, nothing but baseball, nothing but regular season baseball. That's not urgent enough. So that's that's my point. That's what I'm getting to. And look at this. I'm gonna pull up. I have this. And ask if the NBA don't. If the NBA, if you if you're like just standing strong behind the NBA, go ask Major League Baseball what their postseason ratings look like in September and October. Go ask Major League Baseball what their ratings look like in September or October. If it's not the Yankees, baseball fails tremendously. In the postseason, it fails tremendously. Now, if the Yankees are in the World Series, the Yankees are a worldwide brand, it's a big brand. The baseball lovers will go to it. The baseball lovers, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna go to it. And the people that like, you know, that's fascinated with the Yankees, they're gonna go to it. But if the Yankees are not involved in the World Series, ratings dip. Ratings, rate, ratings dip. They dip. I'm telling you, they dip. And just look at this. Notable. These are some. These are some games that's gonna be on the week of October eighth to twelfth. So. Thursday night football, you get Tom Brady 
going to the Chicago Bears at Chicago Thursday night football. That's going to be a good game. Then on Saturday in college football, you have LSU going to Florida. Florida's supposed to be pretty good this year. LSU's the defending national cha- t- champions. Okay. Then you have Auburn going to Georgia. That should be a pretty good. That should be a pretty good game. Texas versus Oklahoma. Red River rivalry. That's gonna be. That's gonna be heated. That's gonna be a good game. Michigan plays Michigan State. Stanford goes to Notre Dame. Eagles play Steelers. Giants play Cowboys. Vikings play Seahawks. Chargers play Saints. The Chargers play the Saints on Monday Night Football. So you. So throughout that, from Thursday to Sun, from Thursday to Monday of that week. You have nothing that, like, that is going to be a great football week. That's going to be a great football week. You got Brady and his new and, and his new team going to Chicago, one of the better defenses in football. You have some big-time college football games on that Saturday. And then you have some rivalries. You got some rivalries in, in, in the NFC on Sunday. Then you got the you got the Eagles playing the Steelers, Chargers, Seahawks. Oh wait, well no, excuse me, Vikings, Seahawks, which which should be a great game. The, the NBA don't have don't, the NBA doesn't stand a chance. If LeBron does not make the finals, the NBA does not stand. They they do not stand a chance with this schedule. With that, with like those games I just named, that's gonna come on from October eighth. Through the twelfth, the NBA doesn't stand. The, the NBA doesn't stand a chance if the Lakers and Le, if LeBron and the Lakers don't make the finals. The NBA is doomed because it's probably going to be if because if LeBron didn't make the finals, if LeBron and the Lakers didn't make the finals, that means probably the Bucks or the Clippers made the finals. If it's Bucks Clippers. Kawhi doesn't talk enough. I know he's a great player, and it takes nothing away from him, but Kawhi doesn't talk enough. And then Giannis, he's an international player. Mm, He's verbal, but he's not LeBron. He's not LeBron. And the Bucks, Clippers, Bucks, small market team, Clippers, they're they're second fiddle in L.A. Nobody would care. Nobody, Nobody would care. People will, be, people will be going to that new stadium that the Rams and Chargers have, or the Dodgers may make a deep playoff run. So when I so when I see when I see the NBA prolonging its schedule and their schedule extends all the way up until October the twelfth, possibly, it I, I see it as a bad move. I see it as a real I see as a I see it as a very bad move for the NBA to prolong its schedule. I see it as a bad move. I don't think I don't think it's the right move. Um I think I thought they I thought they was they should have brung in the 16 teams that were scheduled to make the playoffs. Um reseed the teams east west mix it up. Uh, you know, as I predicted, as I simulated my post my my playoff predictions, that's how the NBA should have did it. They should have did the one through sixteen reseed, 
scrimmage, you know, get let these players get these players a couple weeks to train, uh, you know, get get back in shape, get in playoff shape, and play the games, scrimmage, and then play the games. But they're pro they they have prolonged their first, they've prolonged their decision, they've prolonged their schedule, they've added more teams, and now. They don't stand a chance. The NBA doesn't stand a chance. Trust me. They don't stand a chance. If LeBron or the Lakers don't make the finals, the NBA is in trouble. Because their ratings are going to dip. Their ratings are going to dip. Football last year, football, I mean, us Americans, they love, America love football. America love football. It's king in this country. It's king. You can put it. Up, you can put it against up against anything. It's king. Uh, with all these streaming platforms, uh, all these other um, the you know apps, Netflix, uh, Apple TV, Hulu, all these other all these other things that's coming out. You know you don't have to have cable TV. Football still had high ratings. It was the ratings were at its highest peak last year. And looking at and and just I mean just think about it. Think about it. The NFL season, we have so many intriguing storylines for the, going into the going into this NFL season. Are the Chiefs the next dynasty? Can Baker and the Browns have a bounce back year? Tom Brady in a new uniform. I mean that that alone, Tom Brady in a new uniform, that that that's gonna draw attention. That 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 is going that like the, the Buccaneers ratings are gonna be sky high. We got Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, Big Ben coming back to Pittsburgh, Dallas and their drama. Can Carson Wentz lead the Eagles? Can Garoppolo get the 49ers back to got back to the Super Bowl? Can Lamar Jackson deliver in the book? We have so many storylines, up and coming storylines in that field. Who's due for breakout seasons? Kyler Murray, is he due for a breakout season? We, 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 we have so, New England and Belichick, how many games do they win? We have so many storylines in the NFL, so many intriguing storylines in the NFL, in the NFL that, we're gonna be, that I'm going to be following, that we're all going to be following. And plus, get this, you know, going into this fall, I'm a college student. I'm a college student. And I'm going to have to make decisions on what games I'm going to watch. I'm a sportscaster. I'm a sportscaster. I'm a sports podcaster. I talk about sports. Obviously, I got to watch a lot of sports. I got to watch a lot of games. And But I'm going to also have to decide what games I watch and what games I don't watch. And... <laughs> Looking at the week of October 8th through 12th, if LeBron and the Lakers don't make the playoffs and we have a Clippers and Bucks finals, you know, there's going to be so many storylines that I'm going to be following that I may not I may not spend 15 20 minutes on the Bucks and Clippers finals. I may not spend 20 minutes on that topic. I just I, I may not spend 20 minutes on that topic. Now, if the Lakers LeBron make the finals, it's LeBron, it's the Lakers. The Lakers have the biggest brand in the NBA as far as a team. 
LeBron has the biggest brand. He has the biggest brand in the league currently that's playing any by any you know currently. So that's going to attract viewers. So if the Lakers, if it's a Lakers and Bucks finals, it'll be it'll be okay. The Reigns, the Reigns won't be great. Like they they won't be great, but it'll be it would, the 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 Reigns will be okay because you still have big brands involved. You got LeBron, you got the Lakers, you got storylines swirling. We, that's that's that that's gonna be fine, but if it's Clippers Bucks, and all of these games are going on, and I got a, so many storylines in football, as a college student, that's I think I you know I can only assume that I'm gonna that I'm going to have a lot of work. I'm gonna have to decide which game I watch. I'm gonna have to dec- I'm going to have to decide which games I watch and don't watch. And, uh, and as far as talking points of the podcast, I may, if it's a Clippers and Bucks finals, I may not spend 25, I may not spend 20, 25 minutes talking about it. That's just how it is. I may not spend 20, 25 minutes talking about it. Simple as that. Someday, someday I, I want to wear a star. Discrimination in the NFL, and I I would have pushback on that. I I would have pushback on that with uh, with his point. Um, you can go look at his comments and hits, or well, you can go look at the video. But that's that's paraphrase. That's what he said. That was his big. That was his big statement, and he's receiving criticism, and rightfully so. So, if that's true, why is the Rooney Rule? Why is the Rooney Rule like a thing? If there wasn't no discrimination or racism in the NFL, why, 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 why is the NFL, why, why is there the Rooney Rule? We only have three coaches that are black in the NFL out of thirty-two teams. Three, and Ron Rivera would make make it four that are you know minority coaches. So that's clearly there's that that's a problem. That's clearly a problem, and it's an opportunity problem. That's what the Rooney Rule presents. It presents more opportunities for minority coaches, specifically black coaches. 
And I talked about this two weeks ago. I talked about this two weeks ago with the Rooney Rule and, and with the additions that they tried to make with the Rooney Rule. But I had pushback for those additions. But to say to say such with for Vic Vangio to say such a thing doesn't make sense at all. It, 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 it does not make sense at all when when he when he utters the words, "Hey, there's no race, there's no discrimination in the NFL, there's no racism." Yes, there is. This is why we have the rules such as the Rooney Rule. This is why that 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 you know, and, and it's the lack of opportunities. And I always, you know I talked about Eric Minnie. Kansas City's offensive offensive coordinator, who he done he's done a great job with with, with under Andy Reid, um, and, and I don't know why he hasn't got a coaching job. I don't know why. I I, I don't know why he's he's had the, one of the better offenses, if not the best offense in the in football for the last two years, and he doesn't have a coaching opportunity. He hasn't. He's yet to get a coaching job or offer, and there's been openings. And he is yet to get one. I look at a coach like Todd, or I look at a defensive coordinator, former coach like Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles is a defensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was the coach. He was the head coach of the Jets. And there are a lot of Jets fans. You know, there's a lot of Jets fans that say, "Oh, Todd Bowles was not a good." Todd Bowles was. He was horrible. Well, he had a dysfunctional. First, he went into a dysfunctional organization, the Jets. Let's just start right there. Then the GM, not good. GM was not good. GM dysfunctional, didn't make the right moves. Then he had a rookie quarterback. He had a rookie quarterback as his as his quarterback. He had Ryan Fitzpatrick and, and a rookie as his as his quarterbacks. So offense not fairly productive. Not fairly productive. But Todd Bowles is a great defensive minded guy. Now obviously with him being a good defensive minded coach. His defenses, his defenses are going to flourish. He had a really there. He turned their jet. He turned that Jets defense around. The Jets had one of the better defenses in football under Todd Bowles, but he gets fired eventually. Bad ownership, bad bad management, uh, offensive weapons. Uh, you know, not good at all. Not I mean, not good at all. Their defense got better, but offensively, not good. Quarterback Brian Fitzpatrick and a rookie. Not gonna get it done, and also look what division he plays. And he played. He played in the same. He coached in the same division as New England. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. That says enough already. That's you're not gonna. That, that says enough already. That was all. That's already an uphill battle going to a dysfunctional organization such as the Jets. Then you take into account that Ryan Fitzpatrick was his quarterback. He had a bad GM and he had a rookie quarterback. That's not going to work. And also, did I forget to tell you, he played, he coached in the same division as Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Now, there's other coaches around the league, white coaches around the league, that has failed miserably. There's white coaches all around the league that surrounded all around the league that has failed miserably at their first or second or even third jobs. Some of these white so there's a lack of opportunities for certain others in in in, in football. And it's just it's just it's just honest that it's as honest as that. It's as truthful as that. You 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 can't say it's not. And then Tom Bowles, look at what Tom Bowles did with Tampa Bay last year. Tampa Bay last year under Tom Bowles, they didn't have the best defensive players. Tampa Bay don't have the, the best defensive players. They got some they got some good players on defense. They got a few good players on defense. 
But their defensive personnel isn't the best in the league. It's, it's not top tier in the league. Todd Bowles turned that deep that Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense around, and Tampa Bay the last the last half of the year, the last eight games of the year, statistically numbers wise, Tampa Bay had one of the better defenses in football, and you could argue they had the best defense in football last year, coming you know in the in the second half of the year. No coaching jobs, no coaching offers, no opportunities. So there is a lack of opportunities, and that's why we have the Rooney Rule. So with Vic Van- with Vic Vangio saying that, uh, didn't make sense. It didn't make sense, and it's it, it's just another example. It's an extension. It's like it branches off. It's like a, it's like a it's like a tree branch. It's like a branch off a tree. It branches off from the problem that we're having right now, currently in this world, in this country, currently. That that that, that that's what it is. It's like a tree branch. It's branching off to this one tree that we have in our country. Okay, so let's shift gears. We're going to talk about Trevor Lawrence. Now, now Justin Ross, there's some breaking news that Justin Ross, the star receiver from Clemson, uh, he's one of Trevor Lawrence's favorite targets. He's going he's gonna to be out for the season. Now, let's get this. He's going to be out for the season, do the spinal surgery. He's going to be out. Now, I think Trevor Lawrence is a great player. He's a transcendent talent, if you ask me. Now, Ryan Clark came out and said, hey, we, he did not look too good at that versus LSU. He he didn't like a he didn't he what in Ryan Clark's eyes. Ryan Clark said he is not a transcendent talent. He is not a transcendent player. I I, I disagree with Ryan Clark, and that, that's all respect to Ryan Clark. But I disagree with Ryan Clark. Um, Trevor Lawrence is a transcendent talent, and I think he was so good early. And we usually do this with, with guys like this. Guys are so good early that we're able. There's room for nitpicking and a, and able to dissect their game. But when guys like Joe Burrow just burst onto the scene, we don't nitpick or we're, like we're still in the we're still in the in the awe. We're like in, in, in we're in awe with the moment and the phase. That's what we were with Joe Burrow. We like we couldn't you couldn't say anything bad about Joe Burrow. This this past year, <laughs> you couldn't say anything bad, but with Trevor Lawrence, he was so he's I think like I think he was like the highest rated high school player ever. I think he's like the highest rated high school player ever. Um, you've heard me say that, in, 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 like as far as t- quarterback talents, he's probably the best quarterback talent I've seen in college since Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck and some people and some scouts were saying Andrew Luck was the greatest quarterback talent they ever seen since John Elway. So, so with, with this Trevor Lawrence kid, he is he, definitely a transcendent player. And I think when you when because he was so good as a freshman and he had he had torched Alabama so good as a freshman sophomore year. There's some bumps in the road, a little here and there. But last eight games of the season, didn't turn over the ball. Get this. Okay, Ryan Clark mentioned the LSU game. LSU had 14 NFL players that were drafted. The kid is 19. He's the, Trevor Lawrence is 19. 19 years old going against probably the greatest, this is probably the greatest college football team ever. 
ever. I mean, they had four. They had fourteen. And they had fourteen players drafted. He torched Alabama his first year. Did not to, not to mention, hey, he played the the week the game before he played LSU. He played probably the best Ohio State team I've ever seen. He had he threw for two sixty, two touchdowns, and ran for another hundred yards and a, another touchdown. So when we so when we say Trevor Lawrence isn't that good and he's not that good and he's overrated, he's not a transcendent talent. What what what, what are you watching? What are you watching? NFL scouts, NFL GMs around the league love this kid. And if he was on the draft board this year, he would have been taken over Joe Burrow. He would have been taken over Joe Burrow. But for the fact, we're saying that he's not, we're saying that he's not a transcendent talent. Okay. He's 6'6". Great arm, strong arm. Has a cannon. Pinpoint accurate. Oh, yeah. And by the way, yeah. He's like, he's, he's, he can run. He's athletic. He, he's athletic for a big, like, uh, he's big. He's tall. He's, he's athletic, too. He's 6'6", can stand in the pocket, strong arm, pinpoint accuracy, throws a nice ball. He can throw at just about every arm angle. Oh, yeah, and he can run. That, 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 that's not transcendent? Is that, is that not transcendent? What 6'6 quarterback is doing that? Do we have a 6'6 quarterback in the league that's doing that? I mean, I know Carson Wentz is like 6'5", 6'4". I know, I, know, I know Josh Allen is like 6'4". But this kid is 6'7", 6'6". This kid is 6'7", 6'6". What, what, whatever quarterback is doing that, whatever college quarterback is doing that. So if Ryan Clark said, hey, you know, he, he's not a transcendent talent, I'm like, bro, he has a strong arm. Arm is, he has a cannon. He's, he's mobile. He's pinpoint accurate. He doesn't turn over the ball. And he's been playing, he's been, in, in, in the competition he's been playing, you can, you can say, oh, he plays for Clemson. He, he, he plays in ACC. He's been making the playoffs the last two years. He made the playoffs his first two years. He's played Alabama. He's played Notre Dame. He's played Ohio State. He's played LSU. He's three and one, and he's he's won three out of those four games. And and in the game that he lost, the LSU game. If you look at LSU's record and what LSU did this year, LSU LSU statistically, like was the best team ever. Like they they had beat like five top top they they I think LSU beat like five top five teams. They beat five top five teams this year. Like nobody in college football has ever seen that or did that. And you know, for all you people that's walk that walks around and say, Oh, LSU was the greatest team ever last year. You you wanted Trevor Lawrence to beat that? LSU just had more NFL guys. LSU just had more NFL guys. L- 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 I mean, obviously, the LSU had more NFL guys than any other program last year. They had 14 guys that were drafted, and then not to mention the underclassmen that are projected first rounders in the next two years, in the next in in, ne- in, ne- in next year's draft, and then the following year, they have they have guys that's first that's projected first rounders. Derek Stingley, the the DB for LSU, they. He's gonna, he's a he's a projected first rounder. He might be the best player in his class. So when we're when 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 we you know when we're saying oh Trevor Lawrence he's not transcended. Did you see him? He had one average game, one average game. 
One. He literally had one average game. Oh, he's not transcendent. Are you kidding me? He's a he's a fraud. Joe Burrow, as a freshman, didn't play. As a sophomore, didn't play. Junior, he as a junior went to LSU. His he went to LSU with that same team he had last year. It didn't do much, and then all of a sudden he pops. He, he pops onto the scene, and we're just in awe of it and what he's doing. And I'm not saying Joe Burrow's not going to be good. I'm not saying Joe Burrow's not going to be good. I'm just saying Trevor Lawrence is the better talent. Trevor Lawrence has a stronger arm. Trevor Lawrence is the bigger athlete. Trevor Lawrence is the bigger quarterback. He's more mobile. What's not transcendent about that? What's, what's, transcendent, what's, what's not transcendent about that? I like Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow, eventually, I think, he, I think he'll be good in Cincinnati. But these, you know, the first year or two, it's going to be a hellhole because they have the worst roster in football. They have the worst roster in a really good division. All, all three teams in the division have really good defenses. So I'm not, I, I, I'm not, I, I'm not saying that Joe Burrow is not going to be good and Trevor Lawrence is going to be great. But what I am saying is Joe Burrow is going to struggle. And as a guy, you know, with, 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 Joe Burrow just came onto the scene and bursted on, like just just busted onto the scene, just busted onto the scene. We 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 never had time to actually nitpick, but since Trevor Lawrence, he struck so early. He came into he came he came into Clemson, led them to a national title, beat Alabama, accomplished all these things, and you know we're, we're nitpicking. You know I think it. It, it, they probably did this with Andrew Luck. They probably they probably did this for Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was so good early his freshman year, especially at Stanford with Stanford talent. You know, at least at least, at, at least Trevor Lawrence has he has good talent. He has NFL type guys around him. Andrew Luck didn't have Andrew Luck didn't have NFL type guys around him at Stanford. A lot of those guys Andrew Luck played with at Stanford weren't weren't NFL guys. So. They probably, did, I think they, they, I think they probably did this to Andrew Luck. They probably Nick pick, Nick pick his last two years. They probably looked like, look at that throw. Well, that throw wasn't good. Or oh, he, he overthrew that person. Or oh, he, he threw an interception. I'm like, bro, it, it happens. It happens. And Joe and and Trevor Lawrence had an average game. He had one average game against LSU. Um, but I think he'd be fine. And I think he, he, he's definitely the number one pick. He's definitely number one pick. Simple as that. Simple as that. Okay, last one, last thing I want to ch- want to um do. I want to talk about this power rankings. Peter King's power rankings. Um, I like his top. Most of his top teams, like his top five teams, I agree with. Um, or it's like his top six teams, I agree with. You know, it consists of Kansas City, Baltimore, San Francisco, New Orleans. Uh, Tampa Bay, Seattle. I I agree with those teams. Now, when he gets, when we get to seven, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the one that I, that I don't, particularly that I don't like. You know, a little you know power rankings. It's not too serious because most of the like the top tier team, the top teams, we most people agree on. The bottom teams, most people agree on. It's that middle section where there where there's some debate, and that's and that's what I'm gonna talk about now. Tennessee at seven, I think that's too high for Tennessee. I'm not as high. Uh, Oakland at eight, I'm not as high. 
The Cowboys at nine. I'm not as high on the Cowboys or the Steelers at ten. Um, I would actually have, you know, he has some teams below the Cowboys and below the Steelers that I like more than the Steelers and Cowboys. Uh, and now he has the Browns at twenty four. I think they should. They are. They're they're a bit too low. I think. Um, and the Broncos at twenty. Now let me let me dissect this. Um, Tennessee at seven. I think the Titans. I think the Titans, I don't think they regress because I, I think they still can be a playoff team. But I think Ryan Tannehill regresses. I think he takes, I think he comes back down to earth. Last year, you saw, in the postseason, you saw more, it was more, it's much more evident last year in the postseason, especially going against Kansas City. Uh, even against New England in the games that Tennessee won, Ryan Tannehill did not do much with throwing the ball down the field, stretching the ball down the field. I think teams will eventually catch on. Now, I'm not saying Derrick Henry's not going to have a great year. I think Derrick Henry's going to have a good year. And I think Ryan Tannehill will be good. But the money that Tennessee gave Ryan Tannehill, I don't think, I think, I don't think he will live up to that volume, to that caliber, if you get what I'm saying. I don't think he'll live up to that value or caliber. I think he will regress. I think he'll come back down to earth. And... <clears throat> I think why, and like I'm saying, I don't think he's a bad quarterback, but I don't think Ryan Tannehill is what the Titans paid for. I don't think he's that. I think he, I think, I think he will come back down to earth. Um, he'll still be pretty decent for him, though. I think he won't. He doesn't turn over the ball. He'll be a solid starter. I think he stretches the field much. I think he stretches the field better than Marcus Mariota did. So I, you know, I, I like the Titans, but. I don't like them as a top 10 team. I don't like them as a top 10 team. Like, I would have Philadelphia, I would have Philadelphia in front of the Titans. I would, I would probably have – I would definitely have the Bills in front of Philadelphia because I think the Bills are going to win their division. Uh, I would probably take the Colts. I mean, I would have the Bills over the Titans. Excuse me. I would have the Colts over the Titans. There's teams that I would have over the Titans before, you know, before I get to the, you know, before I, the Titans are right there. I, mean, I do think they're a playoff caliber team, though, but I don't see them as a top seven team in the NFL. No. Then I look at the Raiders. He has the Raiders right below the Titans at eight. Um, so get this. Since the, since the Super Bowl era, since the merger, since the Super Bowl era, a team that relocates to a new city haven't won no more than nine games. So I have Oakland. I don't have Oakland being that good. I don't – well, the Oakland. I don't have the Las Vegas Raiders being that good. I don't have the Las Vegas Raiders being that good because historically since the Super Bowl era, since the merge, when a team re- relocates, they only win nine games. No, no, no team that, re- has, that has relocated has won, has won more than nine games. Also, I'm not sold on the defense, especially like the defensive line, the pass rush of the Raiders. I don't like their pass rush. I don't think they generate enough pass rush. Um, they, and, and, and their defense just overall, if you look at their division, Oakland may have the worst defense in their division. Oakland may have the worst defense in their division. When you, when, you, when you look at Kansas City defense, which is not great, but it's solid. Uh, the Chargers defense got a lot of playmakers. 
the Denver Broncos defense, Vic, Vic Vangio, I think, would turn around that defense. But if you look at the Broncos defense, the Broncos defense has historically been good, um, especially led with, with Von Miller and, and all the added pieces that they get back. Bradley Chubb, they went out and signed A.J. Bouye. So the Raiders easily have the weakest defense in their division. I don't think they'll be able to generate stops. Also, I like John Gruden. I'm, I like Mike Mayock, and they did a they did a they did a hell of a job in the draft last year. But who's their quarterback? I don't like the quarterback dynamic that is that that that's happening in Las Vegas between between Derek Carr, uh, John Gruden, and, and Mike Mayock. I don't like that dynamic because I. I'm not so sold. Like, I don't know if they're sold on Derek Carr. So that's why I'm hesitant on the Raiders. I don't like their pass rush. I don't like their defense. And the quarterback and coach and GM dynamic, it's not great. And historically, like I said, since the merge, since the Super Bowl era, when a team relocates, they haven't won more than nine games. And I look at their division that they're in. I think the Broncos will be better. Obviously, the Chiefs will be. Will, obviously, the Chiefs will win the division. But the Broncos will be better, and I think the Chargers will be, be will be better. So I got the. I, I, you know, I don't have the Raiders that high. I don't think the Raiders. I don't even think the Raiders are a playoff team. The Cowboys, they're at nine. I, I, I'm gonna touch. I'm gonna touch more on the Cowboys roster. Uh, on the next episode, because I, I, I you know, I, I think there's there there's usually a bias with the Cowboys because we see them every like the Cowboys. They it seems like they play on national television every week, and like just America, we're just used to seeing the Cowboys. But I think Peter King has the Cowboys too high um, at nine. Like I said, I'm not really sold on the Steelers. Um, it's more because of Big Ben Roethlisberger. I'm not sure about Roethlisberger's health. If Roethlisberger was, um, if you could, if he, if you could say, hey, Roethlisberger's gonna come back and he's gonna play well, and he's gonna be healthy, I, I, I then I would probably push my chips forward because the Steelers' defense, the Steelers may have the best defense in the league. Like the Steelers, they have one of the better defenses in the league. You know, numbers wise, statistically, like the la- like the last eight games of the year. The Steelers' defense gave up 14 points. They gave up 14 points in today's NFL. That is that that is that is that is that is outstanding. That's good. That's great. So, but I'm not so sold on their offensive personnel, um, and and more so Ben Roethlisberger's health. Not sold on it. I think he has the Eagles too low. I think the Eagles, unlike the Raiders. The Eagles, I like their GM. I like Harry Roseman. I like Doug Peterson, and I like their quarterback. I like the Eagles' GM, quarterback, and coach dynamic. I think all. I think all of these. I think all of their. You know, the GM, coach, quarterback. I think all three for the Eagles are A's. They're top tier guys at what they're do, at what they do. Um, then the Eagles, they've made the playoffs for the last three years. They've been consistent. They've had they have they have had a a, a productive roster. Um, now, of course, Carson Wentz has his injury. He has his injuries that we're all that we all focus on. Obviously, um, you can't you you know you can't just dispute that. But if you look at their weaknesses last year, their secondary was a weakness last year. 
They went out and solved it, got Darius Slay. Then you look and then you look out, you look at the receiver problem that they had last year. They needed a guy that can take the top off the defense. They got they went out and got Jalen Rager. So I feel like Philly, unlike the Cowboys, the Philly went out and addressed their problems. They solved their problems, their holes in their roster. They solved those problems. Um, and the Browns. I know you guys may not you, you guys may think I hate Baker. I don't hate Baker. I don't I don't hate Baker. I'm just gonna be I, I'm just brutally honest about Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, uh, I'm just brutally honest. But I do think he's he he's had he had a bad last year was bad. Last year was horrible. He was not great. He was not good. But this year, I think with Kevin Stefanski, with the offensive personnel that he has, with the better O line that he has, and with like just look at the weapons that the Browns. I think that like the Browns. I know it's the Cleveland Browns and the Browns. It seemed like they can never get it right. But like just sit back and look at the offensive personnel that they have. They have an improved offensive line. They have two good. They have like two really good running backs. They have two really good receivers, and they have two really good tight ends. Like, if Baker can't win nine games with this supporting cast, something is wrong. And you take into account Kevin Stefanski. I told you this last week. I told you this last week on the last episode. Kevin Stefanski has taken mediocre quarterbacks to the playoffs. I think Baker is a little bit better than mediocre. So, Baker, there's no excuse. So, I would have the Browns higher. Peter King has the Browns at 24. You're basically saying that they're, they're, you're basically saying they're one of the best, they're one of the worst teams in football. I, I, I don't think so. I think the Browns will. I think they'll be nine and seven. I think they'll finish second in division. Second in their division. I think the Browns will be much better than what Peter King has given them. Um, like I said, there's not much to debate with his list. Uh, his top half is not bad. I, you know, everybody's going to agree on that. And his bottom half is not bad. Everybody's going to agree on that. But it's just the middle of the pack. And that's for all power rankings. And I, um, Peter King, he's a good NFL writer. Most of the things that he writes and he reports on, I, 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 I tend to agree with. I, I, agree with his, I, I agree with his notions. But I would, um, I, would want, I, would like to, I would like to hear, you know, what he would have to say about the Raiders at 8. Um, the Cowboys at nine, because I feel like we, you know, we over, I, you know, we overrate the Cowboys roster, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to touch bases on that later. That's a, that's a, that's another, that's another discussion for another day, but I'm going to touch on that later. Um, but you know, I, I, I just, you know, I'm just curious to know, to see, I, I just want to know, want to hear why he has the Raiders so high, why he had the Titans so high. I'm just I'm just so curious to know. So I thought I'd break that down. So um, you know, this concludes it. This this pretty much <clears throat> this pretty much wraps it up for us. Um, great talk today. Great talk today. I think we're we're able to spread awareness about this issue, this systemic racism in this in this country. Um, we touch bases on it. I think, uh, like I, I, and I always tell you guys, 
more of my and this is this goes for more of my generation because we have the social media, we have we have the internet, and we're 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 internet savvy, we're technology savvy. I would I would I would like for us for our generation, my generation, to dig deeper and do our own research. You know, it's gr- it's great that celebrities are coming out. Uh, they're telling us to vote. They're telling people to vote. Go vote. Go vote. Vote. But um, you know, go dig, dig down deep and do your own research on certain topics. Dig down deep and deep and get the truth. And you know, we're internet savvy. We're technology savvy. Use this. Use your internet savviness and your techno. Excuse me. And your technology savviness to get the answers that you need. To get the to get the, to get the answers that you want and need, so I you know get those get let's get internet savvy with with the topics that we need to get internet savvy for. Um, cause I, like I always tell you guys, certain media outlets they push certain agendas. They push they push certain agendas. Certain media outlets push certain agendas, and you know I feel like the media. They have spent a disproportional amount of time on deriding and looting and what's transpiring during these peaceful protests, as Joe, as Joe said earlier. But the more time the media spends on that is the less time they spend on the actual root of the problem, the actual cause of the problem. You know, everybody's still talking about the knee and the kneeling situation. Well, why is Kaepernick kneeling? Like, you know, I, you know, we understand the flag, the anthem, and the respect and the pride behind it. We understand all that. We understand all that. But, you know, just ask yourself, why is he kneeling? Why is he kneeling? Why? Why is he speaking out on this topic? It's proof. It's proof. It's 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 proof in the pudding. The proof is in the pudding. Um, we got to get ourselves together. We got to get ourselves together. But the more time the media puts on, you know, the more time they spend on, you know, why they're looting, why they're rioting, why they're... Pro- the more time they spend on that is is taking away the time that they should be spending on the actual problem. They spend a, they spend a disproportionate amount of time on the, on the you know, on, on that, on the looting and the rioting and the protests that are peaceful, it seems like, for the most part. They seem, it seems like they're peaceful. But even if they're not, even, you know, even if rioting is going on, why are they rioting? Why are they looting? You think they'd just be rioting just to riot? Why are they doing these things? Oh, police brutality. Oh, systemic racism. Oh, law enforcement treats minorities and black people different. Simple as that. i catch you guys later. Remember, two choices, one decision. Stay strong. Change. You make the change. If you one of the people that you know, you know you are. You make the change. You make the change. You do what happens. You 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 ask for forgiveness. You do what you got to do. But I'm out. Um, we're gonna you know the, the next episode. We're gonna um, you know as this, as the country get back on its feet with the pandemic. You know we just forgot about coronavirus. Like I, like I, once again, the media. They, you know, the the media, they, you know, they push a certain agenda. They, you know, they, maybe they oversaturated uh, coronavirus. Maybe they oversaturated COVID-19 because now all these protests are going on. Everybody marching together. 
There, 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 there's no, there's no COVID nineteen. All of a sudden, we're not, we're not getting no more COVID nineteen stats. But you know, they, the media oversaturates certain things, certain topics. So I catch you guys after this. I, I catch you guys the next episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, down, keep, keep streaming, keep downloading, keep podcast, keep, keep listening to this podcast. We're only getting better and better. Thank you guys for tuning in to I, IKP. I catch you guys later.